What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. He's the golden boy of R&B, whose voice helped him earn a place as one of modern pop music's greatest artists. Usher fast-tracked his way to fame with an education from one of hip-hop's most notorious producers. Usher's unflinching confidence earned him global success and won the heart of one of pop's leading ladies. But while his career skyrocketed, their storybook romance ended in betrayal. After a public breakup, Usher found himself in love again and committed himself to marriage. But he faced a brutal public backlash. Now, R&B's biggest heartthrob takes us on his romantic journey. This is Usher, the story behind the music. It's June 2010, and Usher is on his way to shoot his new music video in Malibu, California. Yeah, you've seen some incredible moments before, but wait till you get a load of the future. Stay tuned. On set, he is right where he is most comfortable, singing to a beautiful woman. I love women. I love them for how soft they are, how precious they can be. I love them all. (laughs) He has been chasing girls since the age of 13, and Usher admits he made a lot of mistakes along the way. But he says those lessons have made him the man he is today. Life is an evolution, so as I look at the reality of who I've become, I'm very happy, you know, but at the same time, I'm, uh, I'm humbled uh, in every way, uh, every day. Usher Raymond IV was born October 14, 1978. He was raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee by his mother, Janetta. I knew what my responsibility was, and that was to take care of him, and I did that. I would not be who I am, where I am, if I didn't have her. Usher's father was a hard-living man with a drug habit who left when Usher was just a baby. My father had a reputation for being one of the baddest guys in Chattanooga. I'd hear about him, but never knew him. His father was absent, you know, from the home. He was into drugs, into having a great time, and that was it. Although they lived in the same city, Usher had no contact with his father something that weighed heavily on him as he grew older. I can remember still, you know, wondering, like, am I not good enough? Does he not want to know me? Does he know that we have the same name? Why didn't he want to call me or come see me? 
or does he think about me? And I would write him, I would try to get to him, but for some reason I couldn't make that connection. It just seemed like always in arm's reach, but I could never quite get to it. Usher grew up singing in his mother's choir at St. Elmo's Baptist Church. Usher was very outgoing, really energetic, loved to sing, loved to dance, loved to entertain. I would sing to anybody that would listen. Then when he was 10, he joined a local boy band called New Beginnings. That's when I really saw star potential in Usher. I would tell any and every person that came in contact with me, take a picture now. I want you to look back at it and say, that kid, he's going to be somebody. In 1990, Janetta moved 12-year-old Usher to Atlanta, so he had a better chance of being discovered. My mother entered me into this talent show. Young man is going places very quickly, okay? Mr. Usher Raymond, come on, man. All of a sudden, music started playing, and I'm like, hold on, this kid singing this song by himself? People thought he was singing with a track. That's how pitch perfect he was. I was all out in the audience. I was all, in, all over the girls. I was a ham. And he won. He won the very first competition. Everyone started talking about this little kid that was just the next Michael Jackson. Usher soon caught the attention of Bryant Reed, an A&R rep for Atlanta's LaFace Records. He blew me away with his stage presence, his, his showmanship. He had that intangible, the it factor. Bryant called his boss, who happened to be his brother, L.A. Reed. He immediately asked me, can you get him here to the office? He got down on one knee and he sang Voice to Men's End of the Road. He really charmed the girls in my office. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe this little kid was doing all the things he was doing. Getting in their face, kissing their hands. He went to the one lady and he kissed her on her knee right here. The lady like, oh, Lord! And next thing you know, L.A. stopped it. Just like, yo, you're the real thing, kid. Hey, you really want to do this? I was like, of course. He was offered a deal on the spot. And that was it. The beginning. In August 1993, 14-year-old Usher released his first single on the Poetic Justice soundtrack, Call Me a Mac. Well, he always thought he was a little Mac. He was a ladies' man at the age of 14, believe it or not. Prepubescent Usher was already developing his patented swagger and practicing it on anyone he could, including his label mate, Chili, from TLC. I thought she was gorgeous. She walks in the room and I'm like, nervous as hell. And uh, I remember we were at LaFace and I showed him some little dance move. She shows me this little one little move and they actually did it in the video. I remember thinking that, wow, this little boy is so cute. Look at his dimples and, he, you know, the eyes, you know, and I'm looking, I'm 21. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> In the winter of 94, 15-year-old Usher was full of confidence as he entered the studio to begin work on his debut album. But then, nature struck. He started going through puberty. And he loses his voice. I got a headache, you know, from doing all them high notes. He's singing and I'm listening like, this just does not sound like the kid that we signed. I wasn't sure if it was all over already. Usher's recording sessions were put on hold and the label stopped returning his calls. They were really thinking about dropping him. Yeah, I could not understand why this was happening to me. But more than anything, I couldn't understand why these people were turning their back on me. Coming up next, 
Usher gets an education in manhood from Diddy. And later, confessions about what ended Usher's relationship with Chili. When Behind the Music continues. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. In early 1994, 15-year-old Usher was on the verge of being dropped from LaFace Records after his voice changed during puberty. The record company felt like their investment uh, was down the drain. But Usher pleaded with the label to give him time to work through his vocal limitations. I mean, I can't help this, but I can make it better. I can work hard. You know, given the opportunity, I can beat this. And he talked me into hanging in there, but I swear I was really, really close to it. L.A. Reid wasn't sure what to do with Usher, so he enlisted the help of a hot young New York producer named Sean Puffy Combs. Puffy really loved this kid, and he said, I could really help with him. He said, but... You're going to have to send him to New York to spend some time with me. And we collectively decided that we'd send him to New York to what we called Flavor Camp. I didn't really want to send him off to New York City, but I did. I had real conversations with everyone, and everyone knew they better take care of my kid. In the spring of 94, 15-year-old Usher moved in with Puffy and started hanging with the bad boy family getting indoctrinated into the ghetto fabulous lifestyle. I mean, everything from sex, drugs, parties, the lifestyle, orgies, it was, it was just uh, a wild life. It was crazy. <laughs> they got strippers and, you know, hookers and hoes, you know, whatever. Oh, this is what an orgy is, you know what I mean? Indulged a little bit, but not too much. I always knew, you stay away from drugs. That was never my thing because of my father. So I, I, I stayed away from that stuff. Although Usher was still somewhat of an innocent, Puffy had him tout his player status in his self-titled debut. Released in the summer of 94, the album was filled with racy lyrics and sexual innuendo that went well beyond his 15 years. And the public wasn't buying it. I started to get calls from people saying, he's singing about things he shouldn't even know about yet. 
Uh, why are you doing this? I wasn't even having sex, really, you know? So you just couldn't fathom a child going through the things that Puffy had me talking about on that first album. The album peaked at number 167 on the charts, selling less than 500,000 copies. They didn't really think that Usher was the star that they signed. It was unclear if Usher would be asked to record a second album, so he and his mother took matters into their own hands. Janetta officially took the reins as his manager, and in the summer of 1995, they set out on a tour, booked primarily by themselves. She was gonna be as hard as she had to and knock on every door. We went into every little hole there was to go in. And everywhere I went, I mean, I, I terrorized you know, Radio shows, clubs. I mean, I can remember performing in a strip club. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. The crowds grew larger in every town, convincing the label that Usher's fan base was expanding. I really saw him grow, saw him getting stronger as a singer. I saw him growing as an entertainer. Uh, the confidence was kicking in. He had regained LA's confidence, so we went on to record My Way. And with My Way, Usher did it his way. Released in September 1997, My Way hit just the right note. Working with producer Jermaine Dupree, Usher was able to write about his own emotions and experiences. It was the first time that I began to talk about things that were relative to where I was. The first single, You Make Me Wanna, was drawn from Usher's desire to end a relationship that wasn't working out. He had a girlfriend that he was really, really in love with, but it wasn't really right yet. And that's how You Make Me Wanna came about. It was just like, you make me want to leave the one I'm with. You Make Me Wanna was a story that everybody could relate to. People made a connection. Oh, wow, this is who he is. This is what his story is. The album's second single, Nice and Slow, shot straight to number one and established Usher as a pop heartthrob. Backed by a loyal female fan base, the album sold more than four million copies, turning Usher into a pop superstar at the age of 19. I was really excited for people to know me and people to scream my name. I felt a sense of accomplishment, like I had made it, you know? But even at that young age, Usher was longing for something more than fame. At heart, I was a lover man, because I'd always wanted to be in a relationship, a serious relationship. By the summer of 2000, Usher was a platinum-selling artist performing for sold-out crowds around the world. But as he began to work on his third album, 8701, the 21-year-old found himself yearning to settle down. I had a longing for family. I had a longing for that because of my absence of father. While he was casting the video for the album's first single, You Remind Me, Usher decided to reach out to his first crush, Chili from TLC. I asked her, would she be in my video? I'm thinking, I'm not just going to be some random girl in the video, you know, so I just said no. And I'm like, oh, man. And then he called me. And so I said, as long as I'm the main girl, then I'll do it. On set, Chili didn't know what to make of Usher. He was 21, she was 29, but their chemistry was undeniable. At first, you know, he was all up on me, and I'm looking at him like, what are you doing? She had her thoughts about her being a little bit older than me, so she probably didn't want to give me all of that. <laughs> and then, you know, I, <laughs> I remember looking back at the, the, the playback, I was like, oh, Look at that chemistry. I did see that chemistry, and I recognized it. Wow, we just, we clicked. 
and she was single, I was single, and it started up. When the album was released in August of 2001, You Remind Me shot straight to number one on the pop charts. And Usher and Chili were falling in love, despite her hesitations. She had just come through a very turbulent relationship with music producer Dallas Austin. She was a single mom and wasn't sure she was ready for something serious. My spirit was tired. It was exhausted. And then when Usher came into my life, it was like, it's almost like he kind of put his hand on my heart and revived me. She was a huge fan of dance, so we would battle each other. We used to have this battle of uh, six-packs, you know, who had the better six-pack. I was like, his stomach is not going to look better than mine. I think she held on to it longer. <laughs> we met in a very passionate place. I think that she was looking for a specific type of guy, and I was looking for a girl who understood my world and how to love me the way I wanted to be loved. When Chili appeared in the video for Usher's second single, You Got It Bad, their romance became a source of public fascination. It just kind of took a life of its own. Chili and Usher, Chili and Usher. His fans really loved that the fact that he was with Chili. The song became his second straight number one, and Usher and Chili were crowned the reigning couple of R&B. Usher believed he had found the woman he would spend the rest of his life with. I basically was settled. I wanted to be with this woman, and I wanted to do what I could to make her happy. But when Usher and Chili discussed marriage in the fall of 03, he didn't get the response he was hoping for. We talked about, well, I actually talked about marriage, and uh, it didn't work, you know. Not at that time. I don't think she was ready for it. Chili says the scars from her previous relationship hadn't healed she wasn't ready to jump into marriage. You know, I was just exhausted from all the bullcrap I had gone through before. So I had like defense mechanisms all around me. I was just nervous, I didn't want to get hurt. What I expected and wanted from her, she was unable to give me at the time. In late 2003, they decided to take a break to get some space from each other. They agreed to remain faithful while they determined if their relationship could be salvaged. Usher headed back into the studio to finish recording his next album, Confessions. And that's when Chili started hearing rumors that Usher was cheating on her. I never thought of him cheating. I don't know, I just, I didn't expect anything like that from him because of how much we loved each other. But I kept hearing about it. Then I went to him and I asked him and then he, he, he admitted it. The cross that I had to bear was that I cheated, and we had a conversation about it, and from there, uh, it didn't work. I felt like a fool. I felt like I was tricked. <laughs> I felt like everybody knew something that I didn't, and I'm, I'm just now finding out. So I just kind of, I shut down completely. I didn't want to see him. I just shut everything out. That's the only way I could cope with it. In January of 2004, just shy of their two-year anniversary, Usher and Chili called it quits for good and parted quietly. But they both say they will always have love for each other. We just had differences. And unfortunately, you know, because of sometimes baggage that we all carry, it just didn't work out. It was a relationship that uh, just happened before its time. I wish that we were able to really work out our issues. Because if we had met later, 
This would be a totally different behind the music. <laughs> and what Chili wants would be titled What Chili Has. <laughs> In early 2004, Usher was nursing a heartbreak after his two-year relationship with Chili had come to an end. It definitely was a loss. And she was so much of a friend. And I think that I missed that more than anything. Then, on February 17, 2004, Chili made their breakup public when she called into an Atlanta radio show. I'm thinking, you know, I'm calling in, hey, what's up, it's Chili, and watch me on something, something, something. And they hit me with the Usher single now. I'm like, damn, I didn't know we were, like, telling everybody yet. So I was just trying to keep it cool, and then I just lost it. I felt like, okay, well, you know the truth, and I know the truth. Let's not really talk about what happened. I knew that it was coming from a place that was very hurt. I don't think that she even knew how it would affect us. In March 2004, Usher released his fourth album called Confessions. The album triggered a tidal wave of innuendo with its themes of love, lust, and betrayal. As soon as it came out, I think people thought he was talking about Chili. That's when the personal side came in, you know, was confessing that he cheated and, and things that were happening in his real life. That's why everybody went out and bought it, because they felt that they was buying a story. The album's lyrical content stirred up gossip about a secret mistress who was carrying Usher's baby. We gotta find out who this chick is that got pregnant by Usher. It's a great mystery that never was solved. <laughs> I was actually that guy who had dealt with that situation of getting another woman pregnant while having a girlfriend. That's my story. Confessions was not about my relationship with Chili at all. Confessions was nothing short of a phenomenon. It launched four number one singles and became one of the biggest selling albums since Michael Jackson's Thriller. For 40 straight weeks, there was an Usher song on the top of the pop charts. Confessions is the last album that I know of that, that sold about 14 million worldwide. It was the last big album this industry has seen. <laughs> it really transcended the Usher audience and catapulted him into a whole new arena. But for Usher and Chili, the album's success was bittersweet. I hated the album. I hated what it stood for. I hated that it was blowing up because people were thinking that, oh my God, this is all about their relationship. And it was just too much. That was definitely an intense moment in my life because I had just broke up from a relationship that meant a lot to me. But yet, the drama of what that breakup is is fueling the excitement for what this album is. In the summer of 2005, Usher was the biggest star in all of pop music. He had money, fame, and a reputation as a serious ladies' man. But Usher says he was always looking for something more. I really wanted to have someone to call my own and have a connection to someone where I could potentially raise children with them. All these things, you know, is what I hoped for. That's when a new woman entered his life. In late 2005, he began dating his stylist, Tamika Foster, who was a single mother, eight years his senior. We started off working together. We built a bond, uh, communication that I felt was you know, very healthy. And I felt like she not only understood my world, but she understood how to exist in it. But fans took an immediate dislike to their relationship. They always saw him in a way where he was, you know, having fun, meeting girls, partying. It kind of messes up the fantasy. This woman just seemed like, you know, the cougar that came to town and was trying to take over. That really turned people off. And Usher's mother was no different. I think the relationship between me and Tamika definitely 
I bothered my mother. Um, that's something I really don't want to talk about. She never really chooses to speak about it, but I think that she just didn't approve of it because she didn't want to. She just couldn't allow me to have that moment. Usher says the weight of his mother's disapproval began to affect their personal and professional relationship. And in May of 2007, he made a heart-wrenching decision to fire his mother as his manager. I felt like I'd grown to a place where I wanted my mother to just be my mother. I could have a million and one managers, I can only have one mother, you know, so I wanted her to do that. I've been with him holding his hand since the age of 13, so he kind of wanted to step out and do his own thing as a man, and I applaud him for that. That summer, Tamika discovered she was pregnant. Usher's dream of having a family was finally being realized. And on September 1st, 2007, he and Tamika were wed in a glamorous ceremony at a luxury resort outside Atlanta. Usher's mother did not attend, deepening their rift. We had our mind made up what we were gonna do, and it was kind of like a me against the world type thing, Bonnie and Clyde thing. I was like, this is my life, this is my choice, and I will have it, and this is the way it's gonna be. Coming up next, Usher reunites with his dying father. When Behind the Music continues. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. In the summer of 2007, Usher broke millions of hearts when he married his stylist, Tamika Foster, at the age of 28. It was very invigorating to stand in something that you believe in because I felt like, you know, so many had a warped opinion about what it was and how our relationship came about. Tamika was pregnant with his first child, and as Usher contemplated becoming a father, he was craving a connection to his own. I think more than anything, I wanted to reach him to just have a, an understanding of what it is to have a father, to be able to say, I know my dad. Usher reached out, and his father finally re-entered his life after decades of drug abuse and estrangement. I think he had come to a point in his life where he began to really be able to look at himself in the mirror and deal with his issues. 
He just simply said, I couldn't be there. I was not there because I couldn't allow myself to be seen that way and I got lost. I was just lost. And he apologized and I forgave him. I forgave him because I ended up being okay. Just months after the reunion, Usher had a son. On November 26, 2007, Usher Raymond V was born. By far was one of the most gratifying moments of my life. I was like, wow, I can't believe it. It actually happened. But Raymond V would never meet his grandfather. In late 2007, Usher learned his father was gravely ill with liver failure. Here I have a man who now I'm beginning to fall in love with as the father that I've always wanted, and now I'm losing him. That was by far one of the hardest moments. Usher Raymond III died on January 18, 2008. He was 52 years old. I felt like there was so much that I wanted to ask him. I wanted him to be clear about a few things with me, and I wanted him to meet my son. That is the one thing that I think I regret more than anything. After his father's death, Usher found renewed purpose in his family, and he channeled it into his music. Released on May 23, 2008, his fifth album, Here I Stand, reflected a man who had traded the single life for domestic bliss. In promotional interviews, Usher gushed about how marriage and fatherhood had changed him for the better. But it was a new chapter that many fans were not ready to embrace. People were not ready to accept him as a married man. That's not something that you promote if you want to be a sex symbol. And at the time, he was a full-blown sex symbol. The single Love in This Club lit up the dance floors and earned Usher his eighth number one single. But it wasn't enough to save the album from disappointing sales and a quick tumble from the charts. The album barely sold a million copies. I was shocked because here I'm more honest now than I've ever been in my entire career with my music, and it wasn't received that way. I think the music was wrong. I think the imaging was wrong. The promotion, everything was wrong. Fans and critics alike looked to point a finger of blame, and no one bore the brunt more than his wife, Tamika. There were very personal attacks against him, his wife. You know, why are you having kids? It's just kind of like, what does that have to do with his record? He went on TV defending something that wasn't necessarily there to be defended. I had outbursts, and I mean, it just made me look crazy. I think it was really difficult for Usher's fans to see this side of him, see this angry side, this defensive side, because that was completely un-Usher. Like, I began to regret the fact that my life was so all over the place and, and, and everybody had an opinion about it. I hated it, you know. I couldn't allow myself to be seen that way and I would gotten lost. In 2008, Usher's career was suffering and his marriage was beginning to fall apart. He and Tamika Foster gave birth to a second child in December of 2008, but the external strain on the relationship was proving too much to endure. The tension and pressure of us uh, being together became too much. For me, if I know we could not be helpful to one another and be supportive of one another, then we would only be miserable. And I wouldn't want her to live in that, and I didn't want to be in it as well. In June of 2009, Usher filed for divorce. 
I'd given it all I could to try to make it work. And um, when you accept that, it's not going to work out. It's very difficult. It's very hard. The couple's divorce became final in November of 2009, and Usher was awarded joint custody of his two sons. I paid a lot, but I got a lot out of the deal, too. My boys, uh, I love them, you know, and I'll never be unavailable for them. I'll always be there. Not having my father be there is what makes me the father that I am to my sons. For Usher, family always comes first. He has mended his relationship with his mother, Janetta, and she is thrilled with her role as a full-time grandmother. Usher loves being a father. They love him, too, because when they're at my house, it's daddy, 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 daddy. They make me want to get up and live. I have a purpose that is greater than just amassing wealth and being recognized. This is real, real life now. Usher's desire to balance his private life with his public persona inspired his sixth album. On March 30th, 2010, he released his sixth album, Raymond vs. Raymond. Raymond vs. Raymond is. The balance between the perception of who I am and the reality of what I've become. You can't run from either one of them. The first single, OMG, shot to number one, and the album topped the pop charts. To his fans, it seemed the old Usher was back single and ready for the ladies. I make music that I hope women will enjoy and make them feel things that they never felt before. I do it for that scream. The secret to Usher's sex appeal is very simple. It's in his DNA. He doesn't try to be sexy. He's just sexy. It's just who he is. Usher's gone from R&B's young heartthrob to a mentor and true pop star. From performing at the Super Bowl halftime show to a role as a coach on NBC's The Voice, Usher's career has continued to grow and change with the times. And his family has expanded as well, welcoming a daughter in 2020. He's continued to work with the biggest stars in pop music, from John Legend to Justin Bieber and has begun a residency at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. But no matter how big of a star he becomes, he's still one of the hottest voices in R&B. Listen to Behind the Music on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Want more episodes? You can watch Remastered, Best of the Vault, and new episodes of Behind the Music, only on Paramount+. Plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.